This is Functional and Fabulous, the omni-channel podcast, where we unbox tales of online retail and digital transformation. In this episode, it's all about Paul Stafford and retail media. I have a question. Okay, go on. My question is, it can't be the Paul show. Yes, it can. The whole point of the show is to have guests. There is some ambiguity over it. No, I mean, who's going to listen to a show with just Joe and Gordon? Again, that's a hot topic. How would we even do a show without guests? Just got to get my Britney experience started out here. Please don't. To quote RuPaul, I can't wait to see how this turns (laughs) out. (laughs) This episode of Functional and Fabulous is brought to you with pride by Studio 49. Retail e-commerce experts, omni-channel growth consultants, and cut-through performance marketing specialists. Studio 49, where your digital retail success is built. You're very welcome to another episode of Functional and Fabulous. This week, we'd like to welcome Paul Stafford, um, who is Head of Digital Marketing, Retail Media and Online Brand at Superdrug UK. So he manages the retail media team, the digital marketing team and the online design teams. Paul, have I done you justice or is there anything to add? That's it. That's it all. Thanks. <laughs> welcome to, to the you. podcast, Paul. Great to have you Thanks. here, Paul. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me. So... I, I suppose we had, obviously, we had a little bit of a chat uh, before the podcast, and I was very excited to hear the practical experience you've been having in the last while with uh, retail media. Obviously, retail media, um, you know, it's one of those things. It's a hot topic. It's hot right now. So as you explained it and as you were talking about it, um, I felt like because because you were you were so deep in the topic, um, you were really, really able, well able to explain why you were interested in it, what it was and what the plans are. Um, for Superdrug. So I suppose for our listeners, would you mind uh, just explaining a little bit about what retail media is, how you became interested in it and that sort yeah, of thing? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. So I think I get this, asked this question a lot and try like define what retail media is. Yep. I think kind of like there's a few ways to think about it. The easiest way to think about it for um, when I kind of like talk to my CEO and that is retail media for us is it's think of Amazon.com or .co.uk, and you type in computer mouse, or you type in watch strap, and then their search results will start to fill and populate with little uh, tiles that say sponsored. So that is probably one aspect of retail media. It's the one that we're kicking off. So that's probably kind of the best way to describe it. So retail media is essentially advertising space or inventory that a retailer can sell to suppliers. And in our case, you know, it's such a lucrative opportunity for Superdrug because we work with so many global suppliers like L'Oreal and Procter & Gamble and all these big sort of players out there. So I guess that's the opportunity for us. What's in it for the for the suppliers? Good question. So there's a, there's a huge amount in it for the supplier. So I guess the opportunity really is, if you just take it from a digital point of view, from a global brand point of view, you've got like, let's take a L'Oreal or something, for example, they've got like big global brand campaigns, you know, but they don't have heavily trafficked websites. They might have some D2C sort of websites, so a lipstick brand or a shampoo might have a D2C brand, mm-hmm. but they're not going to get like the millions of visitors per day, per week, the type of traffic that Amazon and we get, you know, kind of like monthly want out so with them that the opportunity for them is to sort of close the loop on that sort of full funnel activation so basically they can kind of run a big brand awareness piece and kind of like get people to know and have that front of mind with salient activity but then they can start to sell individual SKUs on our website 
um, you know, on a daily basis. So that high conversion uh, run activations as well, which previously they don't really have a big opportunity to do. Yes, they can do that on Amazon, but when mm. our retailers like us, Boots are there, the Hook Group, like Look Fantastic are already there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge opportunity for these guys. And just to, to clarify it, I mean, if I'm a, I'm a large brand, I have my D2C website, but the traffic the, the, that I have to that website isn't at the level that you would see on uh, Superdrug. I really need to make sure that uh, my next drop is going to work. I can buy space on Superdrug. I can ensure that, I guess in a way, I, I, I can have uh, a bit of an influence over the merchandising of the site by, by basically putting ads uh, on the site and uh, ensuring that my target customers are able to to see those, my product and uh, and that sort of thing. So I guess basically what the what the brands can do is that they will take place in an auction, for example. So like they can't just kind of come in and say, we will buy one spot and it's a specific spot. So just how you'd like book media with like uh, Google and PPC. Mm-hmm. So they go into an auction based, it was based on CPC or CPM sometimes as well. And then they can get like kind of premium position across a whole list of pages so we're available we've got like you know inventory for sale across you know a huge sort of amount of the uh the super drug estate so that's one part of it but then they can also start to do the other sort of the brand piece as well or maybe a bit kind of less conversion heavy as well with the display element as well yeah. so you know so there's the sponsored search piece so if they want to then start to have more which is basically just sort of like um just a text, just sorry, just an image of a shampoo or something like that with a price point. If they want to do some more rich media, like a static image or a, you know, like a, a video file, they can also book display, which is then booked programmatically as well. So it's about them sort of like appearing in the right time, right place to the relevant people, kind of like classic sort of digital mode as well. So that's why they're super interested in it. So if we were to sum it up, it would be the programmatic monetization of your effectively your page views, which is now your ad inventory. So you're acting a bit like a a, a media mm-hmm. yeah. business. That's it, exactly. So we're a publisher almost Retail. as well, right? So like, yeah, we are a media agency, yeah. So, um, you know, and that's the team that we're setting up here as an in-house and acting, you know, as was speaking to someone earlier on about it, like we're taking, we've got to take that media agency mindset and build a model around it as well. So I don't just deal with, you know, suppliers, we deal with agency groups as well. Like, so anyone from Group M to Dentsu and anyone else in between, because, you know, there are so much more kind of levers to retail media that we're not active in at the moment, but like further down the line, you know, big data plays, how we sort of like activate retail media through connected TV, mm-hmm. you know, as linear TV starts to sort of decline and CTV or, you know, VOD, whatever you want to call it, starts to come more to the fore. How do we start to, you know, uh, commodify what we do with our data to with those suppliers, you know, through clean rooms and all sorts of like different avenues. And it's one of those things that is is growing so quickly that there's sort of a new strand to it almost every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a question. Uh, (laughs) I have a question. I think Um, I know what this is going to be. You know what the question is. (laughs) But I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. So as a retailer. You would be in receipt of MDF, marketing development funds or marketing support, whatever whatever you might call that, from a lot of brands that you've been working with, like old model, been around forever. It's like, okay, carry, carry our inventory, we'll give you X amount of X percentage of your buy in marketing support. How mm-hmm. does retail media differ yeah from MDF or traditional marketing support funds? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it's, again, that's a hot topic. So we, you know, most businesses would call it a JBP, like a joint business plan or something like that. Like, so, you know, you would have like suppliers obviously have a pool of money that they invest in with us that then be used across the year, right? And then this goes sort of kind of linked back to when I said that retail media for me at the moment means everything is a digital play, right? Retail media has been around for a long time. So those MDF funds or JBPs have been around since, retail began for you know suppliers to book pos in yeah. store or whatever right so that's sort of like the retail media model that is of old what the retail media banner now has done is sort of like uh, digitize that as well and put the you know to use your own words i like to put the programmatic lens on top of things as well so we have all those things on one side and there's jvps you know i think most businesses approach to it is what's net new so how can you take that incremental mm. element to it as well right so Got yes it. we have x coming in from supplier one two and three and those things are booked in as part of jvp but the way most brands or sorry retailers are starting to look at it is what's net new and i suppose net new is like we have new inventory to you know to, to merchandise like you say as well for these guys so we previously don't have search or display on site, maybe a bit of like tenancy banners, but now it moves mm -hmm. into programmatic. So you get better for your money or whatever. And then furthermore, then you start to digitize digital screens in stories, start to digitize the CTV and all those sort of things. So yeah, it's a great question. And it, it, there is some ambiguity over it and there are some sort of like conversations that you may have as well. But for the most part, I think most brands or retailers, sorry, will view it as net new and mm -hmm. you know never to quench some meat yeah yeah so you've created effectively these new touch points for the customer and therefore if the brand partners that you're working with want to buy into those new touch points they can and they can do that programmatically that's the third time programmatic has popped up now <laughs> they can they can do Bingo. that programmatically through your team okay next question then is that must be tech heavy mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> tell, yeah. Tell us about that. Tell us about tell that. Us tech. About <laughs> I sound tired when I say that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. We 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 started with this about twenty months ago, right? When we're going to go, you know, fully live on the November fifteenth. Wow. So you know, that gives you an idea. But you know, it, it's tech heavy because. You've got systems that need to, we work off like a, you have our own internal hybrid system that, you know, we need where we've kind of teamed up with Critio. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know, familiar with the big players is Critio, yep. Citrus, Inmark, Kevl, Dunhomme, just all these players within markets. We've teamed up with Critio to kind of be our, to supply the dashboard for the reach for the brands and, um, and agencies to come in and book campaigns or whatever. So there's that bit, but then there's a whole heap more as well that we're starting to explore as well. So you've got like, where does PackView fit in? Where does Sky fit in? It's all these other things, measurement solutions. And then, you know, we start to get more advanced. So where will sort of like, how will we have one dashboard to book everything, you know? So everything isn't sort of like disconnected. So, you know, in-store screen, how can you start to, and that's where it gets really complex. So, you know, we are at the start of that journey and obviously like, you know, as a business start to roadmap what that tech roadmap is going to look like. But yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting. And, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, if anyone's out there trying to get into it, make sure it's going to take some time. It's not easy. Yeah. It also sounds uh, CapEx heavy. Uh, I mean, this is obviously Superdrug is uh, quite a, quite a substantial business. Is this the sort of thing Irish retailers would be able to access? Well, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, there, there are ways around it, right? So, you know, some of those, some of those sort of like products like Criteo Citrus work on commission models, you know? So actually the cost to enter isn't huge, right? So you might say that like supplier one of the inventory or the tech will work on it, like almost like, it's not like a SaaS, it's a, most of them are, you know, commission basis, whatever, yeah? So they'll take that slice. And then, so that kind of relieves you on the, on the CapEx front. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you get your partner to give you the effectively the auction tech, and then you have to still integrate those ad slots across your site. I'm guessing, and I'm guessing that's why it takes twenty months. Yeah. Well, look. Well, within that, then you've got like RFPs mm-hmm. as well. So you know you've got to go out to market. You've got a business case. You've got to strategize it. You've got to then sell it into the business. You got to go on stakeholders aligned. You got to like draw up interest from your suppliers. So yeah, there's the tech bit, but there's there's the whole again like you know supplanting like this sort of new model within a business like Superdrug is it's 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 entirely new. It's it's not like it's a shock to the system, but like there are definitely sort of like um, you've got to kind of address it in the right way and take people on a journey and and that type of thing. And uh, interesting, I, yeah. I I just think from a from the perspective of how you even go about selling something like that into into a broader business, something something the size of Superdrug. And I love the succinctness of it's like the sponsored bits that appear on Amazon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't know if that, that – like surely you can't cut cultural change just and, by that statement. And, and I think – I presume as well, so, uh, you know, Superdrug is part of a, a Watson. Is Superdrug the first – business within that group doing this or were you able to leverage previous experience within the group as a whole or what was that like yeah exactly exactly yeah so it's been a it's been a global project well at least a european project so Mm. that holds rfp piece or whatever so as i say uh, you know and then we are the second bu to go live so kreutvat in the netherlands who are the biggest sort of health and beauty ah, retailer yes. yep. over there. Mm-hmm. They're, um, you know, one on every corner, basically. So they've gone live a little bit before us. And how is it yeah, going? Yeah, and then there'll be others to follow. How, how, how is it going in uh, Kroiva? So far, so good. So far, so good. Tell me, just when you're when you're launching something like this, I mean, obviously you could probably sell, <laughs> I mean, so many parts of the, 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 the estate on the, on the site, but what are you actually going to launch with? Will it be... Uh, a number of banners, call to actions, uh, product detail page, product listing page. What, what have you? What are you going live with? Yeah, yeah. So quite simply, we're going live with sponsored products in the first instance. Mm. Uh, so that's what like suppliers are. We're working through briefs at the moment. So um, you know, and you can imagine what those briefs are going to look like. So stocking fillers, Christmas, win that winter. So they're the type of kind of briefs that we're getting in at the moment. Uh, where our display is going to go live probably a little bit later. Again, it's part of like that tech and kind of resource piece as well. I try mm-hmm. to just kind of slate that in. There are two separate pieces of work. So get that sponsored piece done. We're also launching live a, a new platform as well, which is called uh, Zitcha, which is a Australian retail media sort of like proposition, but within the social media space. So that is also going to go live. And we're the first uh, brand in brands in Europe to go live with them. And I think they're really interesting. As... What, what does that uh, product do? Yeah, so it's set, so one of the kind of things that we work with uh, suppliers is around paid social. Mm-hmm. And within paid social, there are Facebook collab ads. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Yeah. 
So traditionally, like, um, basically, you know, it's not very collaborative. It's a bit one-sided on the retailer front. So it doesn't give a lot of transparency to our suppliers, which sort of like makes them a little bit nervous and apprehensive, okay. which is absolutely kind of fair, right? So basically, Zitcha is a great tool that has access to business manager, mm-hmm. can access our business manager and sort of clone on by API. The easiest way to say is it clones on and then it builds out a clone version of our business manager. Then the agencies and brands can come in and access our audiences without ever going into business manager. So they can come in and build their own sort of portal portal within that. So brand A will have brand A come in and then they can see that. And But also then the beauty of it is that they can access our audiences and then run campaigns through their own brand handles with all the traffic then driving towards superdrug.com. Directly to your so they, directly to your audiences or are these lookalike audiences? So you can do both. So basically whatever you want to do within business manager, you can do that. So we would have our own set of preset audiences, whatever yep. that might be, total UK audience, 18, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can build a lookalikes on top of that as well mm-hmm. and then run the campaign. So basically mm-hmm. the uh, media agency or in-house agency or whatever team is trying to book that campaign has full control over that. So they can see in real time what's working, what's not. And I think what's interesting about this is that we have access to MPAs for the first time as well, which is like the new product from Facebook to manage product ads. So essentially kind of giving that skew level opportunity for suppliers to come in and and run campaigns as well. I think we're going to be the first in Europe to launch. I believe there's somewhere live in in New Zealand um, with that. uh, So I think that's really exciting. And all all of these ads, I mean, so obviously the the suppliers and the brands have, let's say, full control over what they're doing in terms of the spend and and the targeting that they want, Mm -hmm. obviously based on based on based on your audiences. And did you say all all of that advertising is directed to the super drug site? Correct. Yeah. So that's a condition of it. Yeah. So yeah, access the audiences, but like all that traffic must come towards dot com. That's mm. a fair exchange. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, th- this sounds like like there's a lot going on. Yeah. And I I suppose my question is, it can't be the Paul show. So <laughs> what does a team look like for something like this you've talked about like an in-house digital agency technology like innovation that's happening with new third-party apps and 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 like the the um the meta piece there is incredibly innovative but like what does a team even need to look like to do this if if someone's listening and thinking this is actually going to work great for our business what do we need to do yeah, well, first off, you need like sort of your internal sort of like sort of dotted lines, right? So, you know, before you even start kind of like building out the new people, you need those dotted lines. So there are new billing processes and invoicing processes, right? So there you go. You're asking someone in the finance team to do more than is currently under their job, okay? You've got legal teams. So now we're in the world of advertising, approvals and T's and C's. Mm-hmm. And we need people to kind of be on side with that. Uh, IT, constant amount of sort of code, really, you know, all the things that go with that as well. I've got like uh, data and insights. I need people to build more audiences than ever before because we get more advanced and going to have brand ones looking for more bespoke and tailored audiences. But also down at the other end, they might be looking for more sort of advanced measurement. So all these sort of dotted lines and stakeholders, sort of you've got to really kind of corral a lot of people to get them. Then when you go live, it's, you know, it, there's a few different directions it could take. The, the direction we're taking is that like, so 
first off, there'll be someone come in and see he'll sort of like uh, head up the team from um, sort of like think of a kind of like a classic sort of like group account director, sort of like business director sort of role, you know, chatting to clients, suppliers, agencies, um, responsible for kind of like the day-to-day management of the account, but also then the strategy as well. Like, so, you know, what's the future look like? That sort of stuff. Then in the kind of like, you will then need someone sort of in the weeds of the execution every day as well. Like, so who is there sort of like running the campaigns, doing sort of like the tasks, like keyword generation and, you know, those things that go on with a sort of like a, a classic campaign manager. That will start to probably fillate and populate as we start to kind of grow the business a bit more. Then you might start to get someone in who's like a bit more strategic head, you know, someone then who is a bit more sort of like thinking further down the line, you know, where would, what, what is the role of data in three years? What is our tech piece as well? Like, or how can I start to, you know, a, a, an ambition of ours would be to really offer that full funnel suite. So how could we start to work with brands and maybe their ag- agencies to sort of like, address strategic comms challenges, you know, that, you know, beyond just the precision marketing piece. So kind of like, you know, we want to build a brand. Uh, how would we do that using your data for it? I don't know. Yeah. But that's sort of how you start to sort of like see the team evolution go. That is, I lost count about two minutes ago. Um, it's that's quite a lot be, of people. It's a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I also noticed um, when we first talked, Paul, I think you were head of digital marketing and online brand. Um, and you you were you were managing th- two distinct teams. Um, I think your LinkedIn tells me now you are digital marketing, retail media, online brand managing three distinct teams. Did you just kind of sneak in, or was was retail <laughs> media just kind of like because it sounds like a lot of stuff to be put in yeah. beside two other sizable roles? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like uh, I think kind of the, the retail media thing was a passion point, like that sort of like I really wanted to. I just believed in it for the business. Yeah. Um, which is good and the business kind of has believed in it. And then it was kind of serendipitous that the AS Watson group were also sort of looking at it as well. So actually a lot of things sort of like uh, lined up well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There are like parallels between what the retail media team will do and the digital marketing team. Like a lot of those skill sets are transferable. So planning social media. So kind of like understanding the comms planning side of that. Search as well. So like on-site search and PPC, there's, you know, sort of like a little bit as well. It's a bit of SEO in there as well. So there's a lot, lots of different parallels between those two teams. And then the third team that I, I look after as well as like a design team. So looking after sort of like how the website looks and feels as well. But actually, we have a lot of those guys doing sort of like paid social as well. So there are actually sort of like some degrees of commonality between those three teams. Yeah. 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 And... I suppose in terms of predictability, so I'm I'm a supplier or, or a brand and I want to, to get a good solid sale on a product that I've just brought out and I need I need it to, to get off the ground running. When I go to Superdrug, how predictable is it that I, I could say, okay, look, can I buy, you know, can I can I buy myself, let's say, 10,000 units worth of sales? Is, is, you know, I, I know you're only starting this, so obviously yeah. it's early doors. Yeah. But is is it predictable at all? Well, nothing's a given, but mm. you know, I suppose like what uh, one of the what the suppliers we looking for mostly is ROAS, I suppose, right? So it's kind of like what is the return on you know yep. you know whatever pound they spend? Can they get two x three x whatever? So I don't know if the KPI would be sell me ten thousand units mm. or something like that. It's more like you know I want a ROAS of X or you know we're willing to. That's the sort of like where the, 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 the bids will go or the sort of like the, the KPIs will go. Could be to, you know, we might just kind of leave it on until you get to 10,000 
uh, yeah. units, I don't know. Yeah, yeah and it also then it becomes a market function. Mm. The joy of the auction then is like anybody that's been on retailer side is like used to having their hearts broken by high CPMs that mean mm. that you can't hit your ROAS target. But that's because there are other people that are prepared to pay those high CPMs, and then that just becomes a function of a function of the marketplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's about like you know when you look at sort of like within that, when you talk about CPMs and CPCs or whatever kind of people are going to bid on, the level of competition is not going to be huge versus Amazon as well, right? So I suppose kind of like keeping the rates to a kind of like affable level should be relatively okay mm. the proof in the pudding is going to be on how are we turning on the spend for the suppliers yeah so that's when the scrutiny will come right so yes uh, in amazon probably got like ten thousand people in every category or whatever thousands in every category in ours you'll have like four or five um so you know the competition will be high but like you know the proof will be within the the, the, the money that they get back on paper, it should be successful, right? It's, it feels like it. Well, it's it's in the right environment. Mm. It's yeah. close to the point of purchase. Um, yeah. So you're probably it's it's probably a fairly sure investment. You would imagine, yeah. I mean, and the other the, the way you look at that is like, will it be or not be? Obviously, there's a lot of industry hype. Is it like a shiny new thing? But like from what I see, is like that all the teams that we work with have new retail media teams, retail media directors and central units and coe and all these sort of things they've the media agencies are starting to set up like you know retail media wings within their e-commerce functions as well you know then isba have just released sort of like this kind of standardization of sort of like kpis or kind of on the road to, to that as well yeah so um all those things you know lead to think that like yes it is a successful sort of like area to be in yeah You're very interesting um, and i suppose like yeah. we have you know we've got a really good head start about across a lot of other websites or retailers as well for being you know just given the volume of traffic that we get as well mm. great and the sorry i had i had one other question which is just escaped which i've just ruined by <laughs> jumping <laughs> Well, well, look, that, that happens. Um, actually, what it was was, so are, are you supported then with stock um, by the suppliers? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm supplying, I'm, I'm going to be paying for ads on your, effectively on your, on your site. Uh, I'm going to be trying to promote certain products. What if I pay for ads? It's really successful and you sell out of the products. You know, mm. yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, everything's linked to our product feed anyway. So mm. we have like availability levels. So like triggers will go off so if like a brand is about to invest and its availability is less than x yeah. so all that's actually kind of taken care of you know that's built into the tech piece and that's part of the tech piece in okay excellent yeah well okay, we yeah, we yeah. were we were recently talking about luxury and how certain retailers in the luxury space have very very limited mm. quantities of product within their assortment um and that could be challenging there but i guess I, I guess a business like Superdrug is more likely to have all always available uh, continuity yeah. lines. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like we're mass, you know, all our brands for the most part, we do have premium, but like for the most part, it's mass kind of like high volume sort of stuff as well. Like, so for the most part, we've got a really strong availability level. Can I then ask if I'm sitting here and, and I, as a retailer, and I'm like, this is exciting for me. I've got like loads of traffic. I've I fit that profile. There's a couple of retailers I could think of here who 
who potentially would fit that profile of this will be suitable for me where would like what would be your advice to like where would you even start that's a good question i suppose with anything you probably just want to perhaps speak to a consultant or something like that as well go and kind of find an expert in the market you know um there are people out there like colin lewis you know so kind of mm-hmm. like you know go and speak and have a chat inform or not or maybe go to your network as well like so you know i was at a event run by credo the other day and i met people from Ocado and netaporte you know so there's a big network of people out there as well so i'd say kind of like you know either go down your own connection space maybe even talk to your agency as well because like i said those agencies now have you know uh are likely to have retail media within that e-commerce function if they don't have distinct and standalone uh, retail media functions themselves. So there's probably a few av- avenues to go mm. down. Just to quantify it, you know, what kind of uh, traffic would you need to be generating per month or to start thinking that you are actually suitable for this sort of thing? You might not need as much as you think. So, you know, I've seen recently there was like a sofa company, you know, and kind of like, which probably has sort of lower conversion rates and sort of, yeah. you know, your big, you know, big ticket items, mm. you know, where we sell stuff for like two, three pounds, five, ten. so kind of like it really kind of like quick purchase versus or less considered. Yeah. But I've seen recently that you can kind of work in like the, you know, and how much traffic is that? I don't, I'm not going to name the company, but like sofa company A is going to get, you know, how, what's the volume of traffic and why would be people be bidding on there? Was you're not going to click on that straight away? And so I don't know. It probably depends on your business. And again, that comes with like you know how you strategize and business plan. It because you'd be surprised that like people will always want to buy space on your website, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, even at my time at Virgin Media, we did it for a while, a little bit. You know, um, we had it got, it got a bit strange. We had things like Fiat you know, buying banner space or whatever. But like you, you you will always be able to sell space on your website no matter what it is, you know. Mm. And you see those sort of like kind of like built for ads websites popping up all over yeah. the internet anyway. So wherever you are, I'm sure someone will want to buy inventory off you. I suppose you just need to business case it mm. and f- make sure that it is right for you and the opportunity is right. Because like it's a long journey, as you know. And then, you know, there is investment required. Um, yeah. Very good. Quality over quantity. And go and talk to your network. And uh, exactly, yeah. Just um, we were we need to wrap up shortly, but I did have a question. So I mean, if it feels like Superdrug is quite innovative, um, you've been pushing something that I I think is quite innovative, and you're getting the support as well in the business. What's happening in 2024 for you guys? I mean, are you are you going to be bedding this in, or is there something new that you have your eye on? In terms of beyond retail media, or well, beyond retail media, or well, in retail media, if you like, <laughs> but what, what, what else? Yeah. What's, what's, what's on the roadmap for twenty four? Yeah, I mean, Superdrug is a really innovative from a digital point of view. It, it really is mm. innovative. Um, you know, we obviously work with you know AS Watson as well, and you know their Hong Kong pace. So, so I suppose like innovations at the core of it. So I suppose there's things like. Um, we're looking at the TikTok shop space, you know, kind of live commerce. It's quite slow moving at the moment. Will mm-hmm. it take off the way it has in, you know, Asia? TBC, mm-hmm. we're experimenting there. In-store experiences, you know, virtual mirrors, beauty mirrors, that sort of stuff as well. Kind of like they're kind of like cool little things to have. You know, how we communicate with customers, I suppose. You know, we're exploring WhatsApp, you know, as a sort of like a customer service tool but you know potentially as a marketing tool yeah. as well mm-hmm. 
what else? I mean, yeah, there's there's loads, tons of stuff coming through. Like you know, AI. You know, I suppose yeah. one of the kind of key things that we're, we're we're chatting about now is AI and how AI can sort of like evolutionize or become part of the evolution of the business as well. Like mm. with the design team, we're talking a lot about generative AI, uh, yeah. AI as well, yeah. and kind of like how can that make their lives easier? Mm. You know, so we get like product image and then just kind of create like. 50 but, backgrounds in exactly. half a second you know yep. so um and then that goes up on the web page mm. you know so there's like the innovation question sorry slow answers this is is actually a lot happening there's a lot happening and probably a lot in every area yeah and out of curiosity you know I, we, we were talking about this as well recently and it, you know loyalty was kind of a has been a big topic it was a big topic for 2023 and it feels now that it's kind of let's say evolving into a question about community um so uh, the distinction being that it's not just about rewarding, it's also embracing the community, getting the feedback um, and and having the advocates, we'll say. Where does Superdrug sit with that topic? Oh, yeah, I'm mainly leading the way as well. Like There's a community team and then we have a community section of the website. And within that, then there are sort of like, we don't know their exact terms, but like they're super users or like top contributors. Mm. They'll actually, like any other sort of blogger, and they're like are responsible for responding to 80 or 90 percent of the questions that come in you know so beauty amongst you know so my last role was fmcg at pepsico like you know you don't really need a community for you know walker's crisps or tropicana but like you know you've got like you know young teenage girls or like uni girl whoever it might be looking for advice on like what's the best lipstick out there mm. how do i use this and and so on so that community is like hugely active hugely engaged and um we take a lot of insight from it brilliant paul Thank you for joining us this afternoon. It's been so interesting. It's been a real eye opener, and I've completely. I've just, totally, I've totally put him on the spot. <laughs> he just totally pointed at me. I was like, ah. <laughs> right, good finish, okay. good finish, good, finish strong, Gordon, finish Brilliant. strong. <laughs> so, Paul, it's been a real, real eye opener. Yeah. I, I, I've taken a huge amount away from this, but like. To sum up, this this is not a retail media for anyone that's listening. is not going to be a quick project that we're just mm. going to dip our toes in and try. I think is probably the biggest takeaway I, for me. Yeah, but it is it is fascinating with an enormous amount of potential, and I do you know it does feel like an area. And I I always think back to Vinnie O'Brien. I, I don't I don't know if you know Vinnie, um, Paul. Um, he's I haven't a, met him. I've seen him on LinkedIn. So yeah. he's 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 yeah. very. Uh, he talks he talks about the kind of collaborative slash cooperative approach to e-commerce in Ireland. Um, so you know, can we? What can we do in order to cooperate with each other? And I feel some some way that maybe a cooperative approach to the the retail media side of things may may play um, where a number of different retailers get together to deliver the sort of traffic that would be of interest um, and that sort of thing in Ireland. But um, it's a it's a really fascinating area. And um, I think you've really uh, be, you've, you've had a great, great experience in terms from a practical point of view. Um, and it's, it's very obvious. And uh, thank you so much for sharing with us. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thanks that, for time. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Great stuff. Thanks, Paul. What did we learn? I, I love that. I have to say um, that kind of turns me on the whole uh, data, the ability to turn a commodity that people don't even think is a commodity. I mean, they think like everybody thinks that their own audience is a commodity for themselves. The first and having first party data for, you know, your cust your customer data platform and all of that kind of thing. 
and the website obviously is a commodity for yourself and you've invested so heavily in it and now you're turning this into something that you can also sell yeah, I mean, we didn't quite explain it, but when he was talking about inventory, there he was talking about ad spaces, you ad know, inventory, ad as inventory. opposed to yeah stock, stock inventory. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just love that that shift in perspective, which 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 suddenly kind of ten x's the value of the assets that you have, and in this case, the uh, the level of traffic that they've developed over time with all of the investment, their tech investment that gives them the website, the uh, collection of uh, data that they have that they are now able and in a position to leverage in order to facilitate their suppliers to spend more money with them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. I, I really enjoyed Paul's explanation of why this is different to traditional marketing development funds mm-hmm. or marketing support funds because yeah. you're sick of me asking everybody that question and because I ask it every time and nobody has been able to clearly articulate it. But it was a very clear explanation that this is net new ad inventory that is now available for you to buy and if i am a brand manager at any kind of any brand at a png or even at a pepsico or wherever i am always going to be looking for more efficient ways of reaching my customers mm-hmm. and i would be prepared to if i had no net new budget i'd be prepared to take some of that budget away from some of my other media investments that I might be making in a Meta or in a Google or in any other. Like, I mean, how how much closer can you get in terms of the quality of the audience, the level of intent, the proximity to the buy button? Yeah, you're there. It's basically, there. you've got like, think of it as standing in, 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 a, in front of a supermarket shelf mm-hmm. and you're in front of shampoo and your choices are all in front of you. You've got loads of choices. And then one of those choices is just like leaping. It's kind of like that. And and if you're a brand owner, you're fighting really for one brand awareness, but also at the point of sale, it's consideration and purchase. Mm-hmm. And it significantly improves your, uh, improves the chances of that taking place. But also, it's done in a way that that inventory hasn't been there to buy before. Yeah. And that's why it's different to the the marketing development funds that have been available in the past. Yeah. I probably don't have the same, you know, experience in the in the real term um, with the marketing development funds. It feels very different to me, this this approach. and it, And that's, I suppose, more because... It's within the, the realm of the control of the supplier. They will have access to decide on what kind of budget they want to put in there or not. Um, they can push it harder if, you know, I mean, as opposed to, let's say, months of you know discussion and debate and negotiation uh, in order to get your, your funding. and Yeah, well, it's, it's typical of, of digital media mechanisms. Mm. You can dip in, you can test it, mm-hmm. you can dip out if it doesn't work, yeah. you can refine it, you can optimise yeah. it. So. Yeah. Providing that the technology is there, I think it's really interesting that they've partnered, yeah, and not gone out and tried to build the tech themselves, which is very sensible. Yeah, of course, yeah, and and then I I think it's interesting that then that interface that they've now got, which I would love to have a look at, mm. is now going to be available to agencies. It's going to be available to brands, and it and it's going to be in that kind of familiar format that everybody's used to working with now, which is a variant of 
a really business manager yeah. that everybody's familiar with. Yeah. I just hope it's a little bit um a little bit less complicated to use than business manager for anyone that's <laughs> anyone that's listening that has their head in business manager and ad manager, they'll know that it can be a bit minefieldy. Mm. Yeah, and it does give the suppliers, i.e. the buyers of the media inventory, both an assurance around where the budget is going because they're controlling it themselves and and, and, and that kind of access, we'll say, to the data. Visibility and results. Vi- visibility. Well, um, basically, you get your delayed sell-through report from mm-hmm. the retailer, what have you sold? Yeah. And you've made an investment, but that investment... Maybe in POS or or a store fit or wherever, so it's very very delayed in terms of the feedback loop mm-hmm. that you're not going to be able to get that instant measurement, yeah. and also you're not going to get anywhere near close to the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this this clean room idea, where they can make the audience in a in a you know, a safe manner, we'll say, obviously GDPR compliant and anonymized data and all the rest of it. But that's now all available to a supplier. So I'm Colgate. I want to come in. I want to I want to push a particular new product or test a product. Um, I want to see if I, my charcoal toothpaste is going to fly or not. Um, I can go on to Superdrug. I can buy the, the space I need to test it properly to make sure that it's not you know, to 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 take out some of the variables and to get it at the top of the uh, the the toothpaste category, um, and to have brand awareness and all the rest of it to actually properly test some of those things. Yeah, it, it also actually opens up some other stuff too. If you're a smaller brand, like a, a spotlight, mm-hmm. then you can go head to head with yeah. with with Colgate if you're if you're already listed and and. And and I I think it opens up that it's another avenue of competition, and I enjoyed the point that Paul made of well the market isn't going to drive this too high because there's probably only four or five players in every yeah. category. Mm-hmm. So I also think that that's like it's almost self controlling because I'm like talking to people, you know, an Amazon uh, CPC can get quite steamy mm. depending yeah. on how stacked that category is and how open that category yeah. is and it gives you some more options in the you know because you need to get demand you need to generate demand for your product yeah. um it gives you more options to do that there's also like this has been talked about from a theoretical perspective yeah for, for years, some for, time yeah. now yeah, yeah yeah so what's going to be really interesting is in 12 months time when we check in with paul to see how well or or not this is done. So yeah. everything, like on paper, this is like so mm. hot right now. Yeah. So is it going to translate? I know, think it will. If I was a betting was... man, I'm going to bet it will because there's too much momentum. Oh, I think it must do. And uh, what 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 will what will I feel answer that question is when we put the question again about the predictability. You know, um, you know how predictable is it? Yeah. And somebody is able, and and Paul would, might be able to answer. Well, in a particular category, you will get a a ten percent conversion rate if you're uh, in this your place. Your ROAS here. will be X, and your ROAS will be yeah, exactly. And and if those KPIs and those are the KPIs that he was talking about that are being developed at the moment, and and 
I don't know. Um, correct us if we're wrong. Maybe Colin Lewis might correct us if we're to wrong. To be honest, I was um, about to come on to Colin there, Lewis yeah. for a second there. He has done well at establishing himself as the as the global authority the on God, retail the media. Of retail media. Well, look, fair play. <laughs> so, if you want to know about retail media, give Colin a follow Absolutely. because he's got a he's got a lot to say on the topic, and it, and it's very very well informed. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. And I suppose my point, where my question was, you know. Are these K- are these KPIs already established? Do we have numbers? Do we you know numbers that we can feel kind of confident about? And if not, I think when those numbers do come up and we have benchmark figures for what a conversion rate might be or a ROAS or whatever whatever KPI it's going to be, then we'll know whether or not this has succeeded. Yeah. Oh, mm. and it, I I think it will, and it's going to be great to see. But it's uh, to quote RuPaul, I can't wait to see how this turns <laughs> out. <laughs> Uh, the the other part of it is um, it does feel like one of those areas that could be up for a little bit of disruption. When, well, I mean, it's already disrupting things, but obviously Superdrug have had to invest heavily. It puts them at the leading edge. It gives them a great competitive advantage in the market, it, like in, in truly. But it does feel like the kind of area that will soon have a cooperative angle or plug in this um i like the idea i actually like the idea of a cooperative angle on this and it it gives me like just listening to him there it's like one of the things that we see in retail at the moment is the consolidation Mm. the emergence of the mega retailer Mm. so like fraser's group would be one of those where fingers in many pies lots and lots of of dominance on the high street then there's other there's there's other big mega retailers in here, and this further strengthens. It's a new revenue stream for the mega retailer, but then when you look at Ireland, where you've got um, maybe more brands and it's mm. a little more dispersed. So one of the areas like pharmacy springs to mind, mm. probably because we've just spent the last hour talking about Superdrug, but there's 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 lots of pharmacy groups. So is pharmacy an area for cooperative in Ireland? Mm. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe all the all the pharmacy CEOs are now going absolutely notch. But <laughs> but that that cooperative idea could actually could actually work where we've got lots of smaller retailers. Mm. Although, if the barrier to entry is time as opposed to technology, because the technology works on a commission basis, then maybe that will be counter against that. Yeah. Having said that, I mean, the, the technology works on a commission basis, but like 20 months worth of organizing things doesn't come cheaply either. Oh, imagine so, the RFPs. Yeah. Imagine like the internal, process. <laughs> the internal convincing that would have had to have been done. The, yeah. the politicking of asking somebody in, a, like he, Paul referenced it, asking somebody in finance to yeah. do something completely different. different no, by the yeah. way, I think fi- people who work in finance do a great job. <laughs> it's just something else for them to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a slightly different take on accounts payable. Yeah. So that was fascinating for I can me. Tell I really you didn't enjoyed enjoy that. At oh, I love that now. I have to say that was <laughs> that was really uh that was really my kind of conversation. Gordon, it's been a pleasure, as always. Thanks oh, so I've much. enjoyed every second. Thank uh, you for listening to Functional and Fabulous. Thank you. You've been listening to Functional and Fabulous with Jerk Johan and Gordon Newman. If you'd like to know more about the podcast or about Studio 49 and Omnichannel Stories, please go to functionalandfabulous.ie. Our sound engineer was Elaine Smith and the show was produced by Roger Overall.